and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you said something right this morning. And that is that I do have a desire to see people released uh, in their God-given destiny. And what a privilege it is to be able to share in this momentous occasion of Mother's Day. It's uh, one of the most joyful, I suppose, experiences. It's an experience, I suppose, that has stretched me, that has brought me to my knees, that has had me jumping for joy, and that is the role of being a mother. Uh, but what a, a wonderful thing it is t- to be a mother. You know, God's design for us as women, and particularly in using the example of, of being a mother, is to give life. We were destined to give forth creative life. And we were also created to give love. I myself hadn't really personally experienced the love of a mother <clears throat> excuse me, until I first had my firstborn child. No words could describe the, the, the force of the emotion and the passion and just this all-consuming emotion that is poured out into that first child. Can anybody relate to that? Can you remember just that, that whole thing of, oh my goodness me, this child. And it, it is a poured out love. You don't expect anything in return. You're simply having the, the delight of your life just because he's there. Just because of what you have created um, in this first child. And God's example of his love for us as women is displayed in that love. You know, God has seeded all of us with seeds of destiny, seeds that are still yet to be manifested. And I believe that God wants to draw our attention onto the seeds that have still yet to be born, seeds yet to be manifested, And to pour that same emotion, that same commitment, that same sacrifice, that same drive that a woman has to have in nurturing and raising her children into the gifts and callings that he has on our life. One of the, I I guess, uh, a great experience in in the history of our movement was to rebrand us as INC and with that tag of Born for More that we are born for more. And I see the the great posters up the back saying, I am action, I am dependable, I am something else, I can't see without my glasses. Bold. And I I, I love that about our movement. And I, I want to draw on that and harness it just to bring in a message to you that you are born for more, no matter what stage of life that you are at, that there is still more for you. There is still more life, more creative life to be given to, to each other to serve this house. 
On becoming a mother, for me, everything changed. It's, it's, it's kind of ironic to hear, after being a mum, hearing other, other women saying, well, when I'm a mum, I'm not going to be doing this. I'm not going to allow that child to govern my life. I'm not going to allow that child to upset my routine. And you've got this quiet little smile going on on the inside and just saying, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you wait and see. And motherhood should turn our life upside down. It, it should ex- expand and stretch us into places that we haven't been before. And that same stretch God wants to bring in our life as we bring forth more creative life. I want you to believe that there is more for you. That what you have done thus far is wonderful, but it never stops. There is always a season of reproducing in the house of God. In Hebrews 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. He wants us to consider one another and to stir up what we've each got on the inside. He wants us to know that we are part of his plan in birthing our destiny and our call comes upon when we stir it up. We need one another to be able to do that because we don't always see what we carry inside of us. And we need to keep continuing to encourage each other. And as Gary was preaching last week, to call those things that are not as though they are. And we need to begin again to stir up what you prophetically see on the inside of each and every one of us. And to call those things out and to start speaking of the seeds of potential that are yet to be given. He wants us to consider what we each carry. When we are all activated in the journey of destiny, we as a church will become stronger, more passionate, and will do whatever it takes to see those seeds of purpose come to maturity. Born for More speaks of a generational church, that it's not just about us sitting here. It is about what we will leave for our children to take their turn in running their race and for them to, to again pass it down onto their children. And as a grandmother, I see that in, in my grandchildren. I see a baton being handed even from myself to my grandchildren so that they can be all that God wants them to be. It never, ever stops. When God seeds greatness and destiny in us, he wants us to know that it's almost like a conception takes place. And there's nothing like a good news of knowing when somebody is pregnant that will bring an excitement and people together. We all start sharing to one another, oh, have you heard so-and-so is pregnant? And we, we, it's, it's good news to share, isn't it? It's wonderful news. And we've, we've got to stir up that, that good news, that when, when we see somebody activated in their call or see something spark in somebody's life, we start telling people what is in us and it, it, it 
creates an environment, a nurturing environment for seeds to grow, for that new life to grow. And I'd want to just bring our attention to a relationship in the Bible with Elizabeth and Mary in Luke chapter 1, 39 to 45. And it says, Mary immediately got up and hurried to the hill country in the province of Judah, where her cousins Zacharias and Elizabeth lived. And when Mary entered their home and greeted Elizabeth, who felt her baby leap in her womb, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth shouting, You are blessed, Mary, blessed among all women, and the children you bear is blessed, and blessed am I am as well, that the mother of my Lord has come to me. As soon as I heard your voice greet me, my baby leaped for joy within me. How fortunate you are, Mary, for you believed what the Lord told you would be fulfilled. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth in Judea for the next three months and then returned to her home in Galilee. These are two women, Elizabeth representing an older generation and Mary the younger. And when they came together, when they heard of the news that they were pregnant, Something leapt inside them. Elizabeth's baby was filled with the Holy Spirit and jumped for joy. And that is the potential of the synergy that can happen when we come together and we start releasing um, what, what, we, what we carry as, as greatness that is inside us. And Mary and Elizabeth just, just display that, that joy. There was a lot of joy coming from Elizabeth towards Mary. And she's saying to Mary, blessed are you because you believed. You believed. And as therefore, you conceived. And it's like they they had this wonderful connection happening. And this scripture showed me, uh, God showed it to me a couple of years ago when it concerns the women of our movement. That when the women of our movement, or really women of, of the extended um, body of Christ as well. But when, when we come together, God wants to raise up a generation of mothers and daughters. Mothers and daughters who will activate what is within us. And Elizabeth carried uh, John the Baptist who, who proclaimed the message of make way and prepare for the coming of the king. And Mary carried the message of salvation for the world. I want us to catch something that could be very significant if you charged it with faith and dared to believe that God has got something for you in this whole dynamic. That you are a part of a great move, I believe, that God wants to do with his women. And I'm speaking... Men, don't shut down here because I'm speaking to women. You've got a part to play too. But I'm addressing women today that we need to arise. We need to find our voice. We need to stand in the fullness of all that God has for us to be able to withstand what is coming against the church and what is coming against our children and our children's children. We have to be louder, in a sense, like Elizabeth shouted her joy, There's got to be an exuberance and a passion and a commitment towards what God has placed on inside us. And there's got to be a yes to the more. A yes to the I am born for more. 
coming together like that, it creates an environment, as I said, for things to grow. In the natural, if I allowed destructive elements to feed on my unborn child, I would threaten his life. Mary sought out Elizabeth, and Elizabeth shouted for joy. And there was fullness of joy. We often don't know what's on the inside of us until someone speaks it forward and quickens it. Both pregnancies were specifically ordained by God and strategically purposed for the plan of salvation for the world. Women, when we come together, we've got to allow that, that talk of what God has seeded in our lives to come out. I mean, sure, we, we, we come together and we, we can chit-chat about things, but I think let's use our relationship. Let's look for those partnerships that God has placed in our lives that can be special for you, that can speak to that potential and that can, be, that can just say to you, I'm committed to doing all that I can until I see that baby being born. We can create a breeding ground for ideas and aspirations. We see relationships in women that God used to change the course of history all through the Bible. There's Naomi and Ruth, Martha and Mary, Deborah and Jael. Women don't do life well without relationships with one another. We were designed for relationships. Eve was vulnerable when she was lured away and she cast her eye on the tree, the forbidden tree, and she responded to the voice when she was separated, in a sense, from from Adam. And ever since then, the enemy has wreaked havoc on woman, wreaked havoc on on crushing the beauty that women carry, that crush the the life-giving, creative power and life that we can manifest. He is threatened by what we carry. And he will do... And he is on an assignment to do everything that he can to stop that that creative life from coming forward. So we need one another. The devil will always target our seed. His tactics will cause us to believe that we have nothing to offer. It's all too late. It's all too hard. He will keep keep bringing up past disappointments and convince us that dreams and visions are for others but not for me. He targets friendships with jealousies, comparisons, offences and keeps our focus on our inadequacies. Who are we allowing to speak into our lives? What is the voice that you are listening to? Because if it's any of the, the above, you are listening to the wrong voice. You are listening to the assignment that is against women to keep you down here, to keep you in a subservient role to keep you in traditional mindsets that stop women from arising into the beautiful creatures that God has created us to be. The devil is afraid of women arising with vision because our vision carries the DNA of God's power that brings victory over him. God wants us to arise as women in this generation, the older and the younger, to be that woman that would protect his seed the promise, the word, the dream of God. God is raising up those mothers and daughters in the house of God because there'll be a time 
where daughters have to stand up against the enemy in their own generation. There's a fight to see what God has seeded on us to be manifested. Elizabeth and Mary are two ordinary women who suddenly became expectant mothers. Two women that by face value would be considered impossible. Elizabeth, who was way beyond physically bringing forth life, barren, and, and she would have pretty much just shut up shop in that department, said, okay, it's not going to happen for me, I'll just move on with my life. And there was Mary, 14, single, in that day and age. But they both said yes to God. They were both the, the most unlikely choices in the natural that you would ever consider. And don't we put that on ourselves? Don't we disqualify ourselves and say, I'm such an unlikely choice? Look at my background. Look at my mistakes. Look, look at what I've done. And we start looking at each other who, who are seemingly elevated in our eyes and saying, well, they're so much better than me. Who am I? But God can implant a promise and a dream into your spirit in spite of age, social status or cultural barriers. You may believe that you are past certain things. You may have even allowed certain dreams to die because in the natural it it is impossible. But God can still birth something wonderful out of those dreams. The dreams that you maybe once had, some dreams may never come to pass, but in the death of that, don't despair, but rather use it to birth forth something creative, something life-giving. When we give birth to our children, we go through enormous pain. Pain is part of the process of the birth. And some things that are painful to us, we've got to harness that pain and use it to birth that baby that is coming. Your pain is not saying, does not declare that it is the end for you. But it is the beginning of new life for you. How often have lost causes been birthed in pain? Good causes been birthed in grief and, and hardship. There's, been, there's a lot of good works that can still come out of your life through pain. Is it a wrong season? Is it, it, is it inconvenient for you to have God speak into your life and change the course of direction for your life? How often do we resist God's beckoning because it's inconvenient? It may mean a change of direction. It may mean foregoing a plan. But we often use the very spiritual phrase in God's timing or it's not the right season because we don't want to step out into the challenge that it will demand of us. But what if we did that with our own children? What if we just said, I'm not going to wake up today, I'm not going to feed you today, I'm not going to dress you today, I'm not going to work today because I don't feel like it. What would happen to that child? We just... We just don't consider it, do we? We just do it. But we've got to transfer that again into the
the value that God has placed on the inside of us in, in terms of giftings and callings that he has spoken into your life and he wants to activate that today. Activate something deep within inside you that you were called for such a time as this and that you were born for more and that the end is not the end but it's only the beginning of something brand new. In 2 Timothy 4, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the message, be ready whether it's convenient or not. Reprove, rebuke, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and instruction. Elizabeth and Mary chose not to look at the inconvenience, but look to God and believe his promise. And when God delivers a promise that defies natural odds, he wants to do something significant that will affect the generations. It is possible that he wants to use you outside of the right season to birth something that could radically change your life. Let's not keep waiting for every duck to line up in a row and every dot to cross the I's and every T to be crossed before we step out in in faith. Faith is not by looking in the natural It is by just responding and stepping out. Having a go is a great term that we Aussies use. Have a go. Let's have a go again. Let's pioneer again. There's many in in here that have helped pioneer this church. And I want to honour you for for still being in the house. But let's pioneer again. It's, it's it's, It's more of an attitude of heart. Let's keep our youthful, young at heart, have a go attitude and step out into places that we haven't stepped into before. Yes, it is scary. Yes, there is risk. Yes, you could fall over and look stupid. (laughs) But God wants us to fully engage in the call of God because it's only when we fully engage in the call of God that we become fully alive. I'm talking about being kingdom-minded today and not just living our life within the confines of what we want and, and the limitations that we speak over our lives, but let's tap into what God wants and know that he, he is faithful to take our lives beyond, way beyond the limitations that we place on us. He sees more in our lives than we do. And we're not going to see it all at once, but he's beckoning us to start the journey of start stepping out. What is that idea? What is that need that you see that you can step out into, gather some like-minded people and just start fueling that idea? That's where dreams get birthed. That's where dreams are come into manifestation otherwise it'll just be a dream and dreams if they don't come to life they will die we've got to nurture that seed and there are some challenges in working together with the two generations the generation gap can threaten to divide if we focus on our distance on our differences the younger generation will have a different approach to life 
to the older generation. Have we noticed that? Have we noticed that our children are wired differently? I'm talking about my age group. I love getting with my daughter. Some of you know Lauren. Some of you know her as a a strong personality type. Um, She still is that. But we think differently. But I I get stimulated when I'm around Lauren because she sharpens me. She sharpens me. I've been around longer, but she sharpens me. And I sharpen her because what she needs from me is just a guiding hand and some wisdom. What she doesn't need from me from me, is to tell her how to live a life. You'll shut it down immediately and she'll soon say to mum, say to me, don't tell me what to do, mum, in no uncertain terms. But it's like that in, the, in God's kingdom too. We have got to, as an older generation, make way for the new ones to come and run their race and run it the way they have designed, God has designed them to run it. Each generation carries something different. We have different approaches, different mindsets, different different expressions. And I see that this church, it's always been a hub of creativity, hasn't it? But traditional thinking and the way we used to do it in the good old day can shut down that creative thinking. I'm not saying that it happens in here. I'm just saying generally that that's that's what what can happen. If we hang on to the way we've always done things, it stifles the younger generation from coming through. And we want to see this house filled with a younger generation. I love seeing children in the house. I love seeing youth in the house. They carry an energy and a zeal. Okay, they don't have wisdom, that's okay. That's okay. Let's just don't dampen their enthusiasm because they lack wisdom. Don't tell them that what they're doing is so stupid. And sometimes we we bring that message across and we we kill the seed that is within them. We need that we they need us to say, go for it. Champion their cause. Okay, it's okay if they make mistakes. It's okay if they look a bit silly sometimes. Weed it, remember, in the good old day. We looked a bit silly doing some things too. But it's that whole spirit of let's be in this together. Let's champion what the younger generation carry. And let the younger generation honour what the older ones carry. Elizabeths have to continually be breaking new ground to make way for the following. You have to hand the baton on while taking new ground. To run a generational race, we have to run it like a relay. Refusing to let go of a baton will cause tiredness and lethargy and your race will stop. And it can cause a tiredness and a lethargy in the spirit realm if we don't continue to keep handing that baton on to the people who are coming through. And you know, in a relay, everyone gets the medal. Everyone is on the same team. Everyone gets the same reward. But you've just got to 
and learn how to release a baton. And it's not saying, okay, now that you've released that, let's retire. No, there's new ground. Sometimes I want, you know, oh, the, the plans, the thought of retiring. Oh, Lord, yes. Particularly being up here. <laughs> I could easily just sit and just, just enjoy the, the beauty that, that Noosa offers. But, you know, I, I've had quite a few seasons in my life where I, I have spent running from the call of God. And it is the most miserable seasons in my life. The call of God will never stop speaking to you. People even leave church because they're sick of being challenged with the call of God. They don't want to hear, come on, there is more. There is more for you to do. They don't want to hear about the sacrifice that it takes or the commitment that it demands of you when you say yes to God. And we can lose people in that process. Let's keep the baton alive. Let's keep it moving in this place. Let's keep bringing in the fresh water. It cleanses. It, 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 it creates a momentum. And we've all got a wonderful part to play in that transition. What they don't want is a baton, baton of the good old days. Young mothers and young women... You will not find from your peers what you can find from your elders. You have the potential to crash and burn, get discouraged and disillusioned by lacking the wisdom and guidance from the older generation. The Elizabeths can bring perspective that can calm your anxieties, can give you keys to unlock a problem you have faced. They can hug you when you are overwhelmed with challenges in your marriage and your family life. And they can encourage you with their own testimonies. The older generation have such a wealth of testimony and experience. That is what we pass on. Not do it my way, but this is what helped me. Maybe it can help you. And it's like you offer it. There is no demand when you mentor people. You just lay it on the table and it's up to them whether they take it or not. But can I just encourage the younger generation, and this is just something that I've observed, you tend to go to your peers for wisdom that they won't have. Let's go beyond that to let's seek out somebody who is further down the road than where you are and allow that, that connection and that conception be, be made. Okay. I believe that there is great strength and authority and boldness when mothers unite together, using each of us individually as well as together, where we are joined in our quest to crush Satan's head with what he has given us. Let's learn to turn the fight on who the enemy is. It's not flesh and blood. And one of his tactics is to bring in the division in our relationships and create a great divide where God has actually purposed that relationship to be a God partnership. I'm tired of seeing, seeing relationships break 
over what the enemy has done. And I believe that we carry keys of coming together and turning the fight against the destroyer. And we can do that, women. When, when somebody comes in between us and our children, what sort of person is manifested? It's like a roaring bear, a lioness. Don't you dare touch my child. You would willingly lay down your life for your child. You become that passionate, protective mother. And we need to stir that and harness it in this place. We need to be fiery and bold and adventurous in what God has for us. And I'll just finish up just encouraging you because I, just in preparing this, I did hear a sound of great joy coming from women who have felt sidelined and felt that they have missed their opportunities and felt that they are running out of time. It's a sound that will be heard by the younger generation of women that will draw them to the Elizabeths. And a new prophetic utterance will be heard concerning the dreams God has given them to nurture, to protect and to hide away until the due season of birthing comes. We need to call forth the dry bones in a sense of the disconnection that, that the, the enemy has caused and call the dry bones to come together, call the relationships that need to come together so that we can arise and stand as a powerful force in the life of the church and in the life of God's kingdom. Fresh vision will come as a result of it. Renewed destinies will be realised and mothers arising to birth a move of God, bringing many to salvations and the manifest works of God.